0: i to invite you to uh, follow along in uh, your Bibles or online at the YouVersion uh, Bible uh, live event. Uh, the notes are there uh, for the message today. Uh, we're going to be looking at a, uh, a record of an event in Jesus' ministry and his life here on earth. Uh, it's found in Luke, the gospel of luke chapter 8 verses 4 through 48 i'm going to be reading from the uh, new english translation now when jesus returned okay that's always interesting let's stop for just a moment jesus had just uh, been on the east shore eastern shore of the sea of galilee or the lake of galilee uh it's a small lake. It's not a large lake. It's not a great lake. Uh, but in a desert, it looks like a sea. Uh, and uh, he's returned to Capernaum, which is his, the town, the city where he was living. And it's on the northwest shore. So he's been away and he's come back. And a crowd welcomed him. As, he, as he, Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him because they were all waiting for him. They've been watching and waiting then a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, came up. Falling at Jesus' feet, he pleaded with him to come to his house because he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds pressed around him. Now a woman was there. A woman was there who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years, but could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak, and at once the bleeding stopped. Then Jesus said, who is it who touched me? When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are surrounding you and pressing against you. In other words, how on earth can you ask who touched you? Everybody around you has been touching you. Uh, But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I know that power has gone out from me. When a woman saw that she could not escape notice, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she explained why she touched him and how she had been immediately healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. A woman was there. Jesus is on a mission. He's going to uh, uh, meet uh, or to help uh, Jairus with his daughter who's sick and dying. Uh, he's on a mission. They're making their way through town. Through all these crowds are crowding in around them. But there was a woman there. She was bleeding. Uh, the bleeding started 12 years before, and it had not stopped. She was bankrupt. One of the other records tells us that she'd spent all of her money on medical bills, trying to find something that the doctors could do to stop the bleeding. She was broken and suffering. And she was given the brush off by everyone who knew about her condition. She was considered ceremonially unclean. She could not go to the temple to worship. And anyone who came close to her, anyone who touched her, was considered unclean and could not worship. A woman was there in this crowd that was pressing in around Jesus. A woman was there working her way toward Jesus, working her way through the crowd. A woman was there who was bleeding, shunned, poor, incurable, unclean, unwelcomed, and unimportant. She was just another sick woman. She wasn't sick enough to die, but she was too sick to really live. A woman was there. Now, perhaps you know a little of how she felt. It's possible that you Are facing problems and pains that don't kill you, but they keep you from truly living. Your problems are not the same as the woman who was there, but they are no less real. They are problems. They are needs. Are you crushed by a habit you cannot break, an addiction that has you in chains? Are you broken by unemployment or underemployment? Are you stuck in a pit of debt or despair? Are you suffering from your own chronic illness, whatever it may be? Are are you living in a sense of impending doom, wondering what's next? This year, 2020, has been filled with questions about, well, what's next? Are you struggling to function? Are you just getting by? Maybe there have been a few moments in your heart and in your mind when you've been thinking, I just wish I could meet Jesus. I just wish there was some way I could connect to him. Maybe you're thinking, if only I could get in touch with Jesus, I know he could help me. Well, that's what the, this woman with the bleeding problem thought if only i can touch the hem of his garment now why did she think that i'm uh, sharing my screen here so that you can see uh what she was talking about what what why did she think touching jesus hem would help her jesus wore uh, like all uh jewish men at his time uh, and, and even today, although it's been modified in the way it looks, uh, Jesus wore a Jewish prayer shawl. It, it was a large square garment, kind of like a poncho without a hole for your head. In, in, in Numbers, Moses told uh, the Jewish people to put tassels on the corners of their garment. You see these long there's a long tassel right there. I don't know if you've seen my cursor, but there it is. Uh, long tassels on the corner of the garment. Throughout the generations to come, you're to, to make tassels on the corners of your garments. Now, okay, where are you going? I'm glad you asked. Uh, the word for corners also means wings. So G- uh, God was saying to his people, uh, put tassels on your, the wings of your garment, uh, on the wing of, the wings of your prayer shawl. Uh, in in uh, Exodus, so you've got a lot of Bible background here. In Exodus, the, God says to Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to e- Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. The the tassels on the corners or the wings of their garments uh, were to remind the people, the Jewish people, of God's deliverance from slavery in Egypt. He had broken their chains and they wore this prayer shawl with the tassels on the wings or the corners to remind them that God had carried them out on his wings. Now the prayer shawl, uh, the, the word for prayer shawl uh, in Hebrew also means little tent. As a reminder of, the, of Moses who pitched a tent outside the camp uh, uh, when the people were moving, working their way from Egypt to the promised land. Uh, he pitched a tent outside the camp and called it the tent of meeting. And that's where he went to pray and to meet with the Lord. Uh, so uh, the, these prayer cells were like little tents. And in this little tent, the tent of meeting that Moses put up, it, the Bible tells us that Moses would speak to God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. So when the Jewish people pray, they often put this shawl up over their head as a reminder that they're going to the tent of meeting to see the Lord and speak to Him face to face. Now, when they extend their arms while they're wearing this uh, prayer shawl, the prayer shawl, again, symbolizes the wings of God uh, and, and is a place of refuge and protection. Uh, David said, how priceless is your unfailing love, both high and low among men, find refuge in the shadow of your wings. So as they're wearing this, they're being reminded that they are protected by the love of God, that he is their refuge and their protection. And the corners, the wings of the shawl were symbols of the Messiah's coming and his healing ancient Jewish prophet Malachi says, For you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, the Messiah, will rise with healing in his wings. So there was in this crowd, pressing in around Jesus, there was a woman. A woman was there who said, If I could only ta- touch the tassel on the wing or the hem or the corner of his prayer shawl, I'll be healed. If I could, I could only touch that. She believed, somehow, she believed Jesus would be her deliverer. She believed he would protect her. He, she believed he would heal her. So she touched a tassel on his prayer shawl immediately she felt the healing power of God rush through her body. At that moment, she experienced what David wrote about in Psalm 63 and that we read just a little bit ago. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. Under his wings, her soul started to sing because he delivered her. Her suffering ended. Under his wings, her soul started to sing because he met with her. They connected. Under his wings, her soul started to sing because he healed her. Her problem, her physical ailment was gone immediately. Oh, under his wings, her soul started to sing. But it all came to a screeching halt. Jesus starts looking around and asking, Who touched me? She couldn't escape because he wouldn't let her. He kept asking, Who touched me? Who touched me? Even when Peter goes, Are you nuts? No, I don't know, but, but Peter was pretty straightforward. He might have said that to Jesus, and they just didn't record it that way. I, you know, how can you ask, Jesus? This is what Peter's saying. How can you ask who touched you when everybody in this crowd is up smashed together? And Jesus keeps saying, I know somebody touched me because I felt power go out of me. I felt God's power Go out of me. And when she couldn't escape, when she fell down, she fell down in front of Jesus and told her whole story. I've been bleeding for 12 years. I've I've done everything I possibly can, gone to all the doctors, nobody could help me. But I knew that if I just touched the corner, the wing of your shawl, I'd be healed. And I did. Now this is a scary moment for her because only a woman related to a a man could touch his prayer shawl in any way, shape, or form. Women weren't supposed to touch men at all in public. Uh, and, And she had broken rules because she had touched the hem of a garment that belonged to a man she wasn't related to. She had broken a religious and cultural rule, a set of rules and So she had no idea how Jesus would respond to her deepest need and her desire for healing. And Jesus looks her in the eye and calls her daughter. Jesus looks her in the eye and says, we are related. And it's not only okay for you to have touched the tassel on the wing of my prayer shawl is not only okay, but your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I love that line, that, that, that way of saying goodbye, go in peace. I've said it many times, as some of you know. There are only two recorded only in the Bible. There's only a record of Jesus saying it twice. Both times, both times he talked, he said it to a woman, like this woman. And they were both women who touched him in ways that society considered inappropriate. They broke the rules. There, There was supposed to be no physical contact between a woman and a man. Even a wife who was with her husband in public was supposed to walk behind him, not next to him. She wasn't to touch him in public. These are women who did. This woman came up close behind Jesus and touched the the corner of the tassel, the wing of his prayer shawl, and was healed from her bleeding that had gone on for 12 years. The other woman was a woman who had a bad reputation, in her community Uh, that's the way they used to say it she was basically a, a prostitute but she recognized in jesus a love that brought forgiveness and a fresh start and she could not help herself she followed him into a dinner at a religious person's house let her hair down which a woman was only supposed to do in private never in public Again, she's breaking rules she let her hair down anointed jesus feet and washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair and people were scandalized that the woman would and what kind of man lets a woman do that to him in public that's awful and jesus looks at her and says go in peace your sins are forgiven Two times Jesus says to someone, go in peace, but he either healed them or forgave their sin. Those, Those two ladies. Here we go back to this woman who's been afraid and she touched Jesus and she confessed to him and he looks at her and calls her daughter. And once again, under his wings, her soul starts to sing because he's protected her. He is her refuge in this crowd that could easily have turned into a mob against her. He protected her and called her daughter. When we get in touch with Jesus, how will he respond? When we come to Jesus, I believe when we come to Jesus with our deepest needs, he welcomes us with open arms. A woman was there. Luke tells us a woman was there, and she discovered that when God's grace encounters a person's faith, an awesome connection between God and that person comes into existence. When you get in touch with Jesus, how will he respond? Well, here's a sermon in a sentence. This is what I want you to remember. This is what I want you to take away for sure uh, from, from this event in Jesus' life. When God's grace encounters a person's faith, awesome things happen. Now, a woman is here Watching that needs to come under Jesus' wings. A man is here who needs to come under his wings. Someone needs to touch Jesus. You need to connect with him, and you know it. You need to know that God's grace and your faith can create an awesome connection. You need to hear the Holy Spirit call you son or daughter or dearly loved child. Under his wings, your soul will start to sing because he will deliver you under his wings your soul will start to sing because he will meet with you and it'll make all the difference in the world under his wing your soul will start to sing because he will heal you in ways you probably never imagined under His wings, you will start to sing because He will protect you. When we come to Jesus with our problems, often we expect Him to ask us questions like, uh, "How are you good enough? Are you keeping all the rules? Uh, have you done enough good things for Me? Ha- have you given enough?" Of your time and your talents and your your treasures? have, Have you given enough? Do you deserve this? But this is what happens when we come to Jesus. He doesn't ask his questions. When we come to him with our deepest needs, he welcomes us with open arms. No questions asked. His grace encounters our faith and awesome things happen. So let me ask you a couple of questions. How long have you thought, if only I could get in touch with Jesus, he could help me? How long have you been holding back? There's no need to worry about rejection. He will welcome you with open arms. So when will you reach out to touch him in prayer? Whatever you need, remember, Jesus will not ask if you're good enough or if you've done enough. He will not ask if you've given enough. You can trust him to lovingly meet you and meet your need too. Healing. Is in his wings. Will you reach out to touch him? Let's pray. And as I pray, uh, you don't need to repeat these words, but you can kind of turn it into your own prayer or pray your own prayer to reach out to Jesus. But I would encourage you: there is no better time. Wrestle your way through the crowd. To touch him, then here and now. Let's pray. We believe, Jesus. We believe in your power, your love, and your wisdom. We believe you are our deliverer, we believe you are our protector. We believe you are our healer. And we believe that when your grace connects with our faith, awesome things inevitably happen. God things, things that can only be explained by your power and intervention, those kinds of things happen. We're reaching out to touch you with our deepest needs right here, right now. We want to be more familiar with you. We want to be more deeply connected with you than we've ever heard uh, been before. We want to hear you call us your dearly loved daughters and sons. We believe Jesus. Heal our hidden hurts and perform mighty signs and wonders in the lives of your people so others may believe in you too. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for participating online. Uh, It it means a lot to me to know that you've uh, invested your time in this way. When you follow Jesus, he sends you out with confidence in the Holy Spirit. So go tell the world about God's generous love in both your actions and your words. They go together and are not separable. So go tell the world about God's generous love. You are sent. Go with Jesus.